Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ghost Chronicles right here on All Saints Day, or the Day of the Dead, depending on what place in the world you are. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. And I wish that I could say that Mr. Steve Parsons is with me, with me, but no, evidently uh, the English are have a different time period than we do now because uh, they are on daylight savings time now and we have not gone there yet. We don't go on to next weekend. So there you go. Anyways, uh, we've had a, an interesting month, of course, with Halloween coming. This past Saturday, I spent the entire day with Maureen and uh, Salem and uh, that is sheer madness. If you've ever been if you've never been to Salem, you've got to go to Salem at that time of the year if you like pure pandemonium. And that's pretty much what it is. You have people on top of people on top of people. They have all kinds of neat costumes, which is the fun part. That's the part I like the best is uh, seeing all the different costumes and so forth. But uh, it's it's certainly uh, <laughs> an experience. Uh, anyways, last night on Halloween, I did the Red Light Sands and uh, Spirit Circle with um, Roxy Zwicker and Leslie Madden. This was held up, uh, held in uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, in a place that used to be called Molly Malone's. And Molly Malone's, uh, we did a live broadcast, in fact, I think from there. Back in the early days of uh, Ghost Chronicles, and we had some excellent results. Uh, it, it's it was a brothel at one time. The uh, the woman used to sit in the windows and wave to the people on the street, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. And of course, at that time, it was two dollars. So during the séance, uh, I managed to con one of the participants to take two dollar bill out of their wallet and put it on the table and uh, see what type of reaction we would get and uh, it was it was fun it was interesting the uh, house ghost showed up as usual and uh, it was neat it was really really neat so anyways uh, joining me now all the way from the land of Wales is Mr. Steve Parsons yeah, good evening. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, Skype update got stuck. <laughs> I hate that. It's a pain in the butt. Yeah, it insisted on doing it. There was no way I could have got around it. Mm. And then it decided it was going to take an extra 30 seconds. So, hey. Anyway, good evening. Um, and happy. Well, it, hey, you didn't like our Halloween video. I did. I thought it was fine. Well, mm, what you said, you came out. Is that the best you can do? What was it, the comment you made? No, I said you came all the way for 3,000 miles to make that. Yeah, to make that. That pile of crap. I didn't say it. I didn't comment at all. And I just said you came 3,000 miles to make that. Yeah. You could I have said made maybe some... next time you ought to bring Dylan, I believe, is what I said. 
Yeah, implying that, yeah, next time, don't bother. No, I, I actually thought it was uh, rather uh, uh, amusing. Well, it, especially the car trip, which uh, took us to areas that we didn't <laughs> <to> Salem. <laughs> well, it is what I, 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 I tried. Said, to why it, is the Zakem Bridge there? I don't get that. <laughs> well, I tried to make it reflective of our usual road trips, where they go we wrong. get lost. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, hey, there you go. So, uh, yeah, you were in a brothel with two dollar bills. Yeah, that's okay. I was just talking a little bit about last night, but uh, you, you had your own investigation as well, and uh, we also have a couple other things. And I've got a ghost story, too, a Halloween ghost story that I wanted to uh, relay as well. So I, I haven't set up the... Out. We didn't have a Halloween show, did we? As such. As such, no. So this is kind of our All Saints Day of the Dead Halloween show. Yeah. Because I'm sure it's Halloween somewhere. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> In another d- dimension somewhere. It's always Halloween somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, so anyway, anyways, it's it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it's you know a busy, busy, busy time for me and, and you as well. And uh, so I haven't really got any order in this show yet. Which way we want to do things? I know what we want to do. I you know I do have a ghost story. We do have. I want to talk to you about your investigation at the tattoo parlor because that to me is just intriguing as hell and uh, like i said i do have a uh, ghost story so um and we, we want to talk about the pardon and of the last witch and that was executed in britain too so are uk so uh yeah so any particular order you would like mike young man well we could we could um i think we should put put to bed the myth of the last witch why is it a myth? I, I, I posted a uh, a um, article on it that said that this woman got a reprieve because she was the last witch that was uh, executed in uh, the UK. Um, well, she, a, she wasn't executed, was she? Well, whatever. I mean, you know, she was imprisoned. And imprisoned. She was actually, my, my bad, yeah. my bad, my bad. Yeah, I mean, she was actually imprisoned for um, – she was never imprisoned nor charged with witchcraft. So um, why was there a pod? But she was imprisoned under the Witchcraft and Vagrancy Act of 1735. Uh, well, there hasn't been a pardon. There, there is a call for a pardon using what's called the Turing Law, mm-hmm. um, which which relates to Alan Turing, who was given a posthumous pardon uh, because he was um, he was prosecuted under uh, sexual offences laws that related to his homosexuality. Mm-hmm. But with Helen Duncan, there are a lot of people, uh, her supporters, uh, people who believe in her her abilities, who were calling uh, upon you know for, for she also to be pardoned uh, because. So if she wasn't, as if she wasn't persecuted as a witch, and although she was persecuted under that law, why wasn't she persecuted as a witch? I mean, that isn't that well, the law? Well it, so? well, it wasn't. The, it was. It was a combined act. It was. Um, she was convicted under the Witchcraft Act of 1735. Now, under the Witchcraft Act of 1735, um, it, it covers a whole a raft of things. It was um, it covered uh, false spiritualism, uh, fortune telling, 
obtaining uh, uh, you know money by under uh, using using uh, spiritual activities for pecuniary advantage, mm-hmm. and even astrology was also bunged into this witchcraft and vagrancy act. Um, its last threatened use actually uh, is after uh, Helen Duncan. It was it was threatened against another medium in 1950, um, which was really? some, some years later. But only the act. I mean, they're using the act, uh, but she was never. Co- prosecuted as a witch she was prosecuted for fraudulent spiritual activities and and ended up getting in prison for nine months and this was this was uh related to uh the sinking of hms barham um which was apparently supposed to be a secret uh, and that which she she claimed to have predicted during a seance in portsmouth um, okay. now what what actually had transpired is of course the the uh, the sinking wasn't very secret at all. Lots of people knew. In fact, I think the BBC even reported the sinking of Barham, HMS Barham. Um, and Duncan was found to be in possession of a, hat, of a mocked-up HMS Barham hatband, uh, which apparently related to the uh, manifestation of a spirit from uh, one of the sailors who died on HMS Barham. All right, so what was the HMS Barham? HRS Barham was, um, let me, I just I want to get it absolutely dead, dead accurate. She was a, an, a, a Royal Naval battleship um, dating from uh, 1910. So she, okay. was still, she was still a very current ship. Um, she'd been at the Battle of Jutland in World War I. I am actually reading this because obviously... That's all right. That's fine. It, you know, accurate. And, and she was, you know, a... a uh, she was a big, uh, a big ship, six hundred and fifty feet near enough long, uh, beam and ninety feet, and uh, lots of big guns. I'm just trying to figure out the actual gun. Gun. That's okay. It's... Four fifteen inches and fourteen six inch guns, and a whole raft of three inch guns, torpedoes, blah blah blah. Um, now what, she was. She what was, was the circumstances of her sinking? Uh, that's. I'm just going to try to find the accurate version of that now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she was part of the Mediterranean fleet in the Second World War in September '39. Um, uh, but 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 where on the afternoon of the 24th of November 1941, uh, with an escort of destroyers, she departed Alexandria in Egypt to cover. Um, the Italian convoys, and the following morning, the German submarine, the U331. Um, uh, detected the ship and fired all four torpedoes into Barham, or at the Barham. That's going to hurt. With no time for evasive actions, three of the four torpedoes struck the ship amidships so closely together, which threw up a single column of water. Barham quickly capsized to port uh, and was lying on her side when her magazine exploded. Oh, jeez. Uh, now, there's actually some video um, which people can look up, which is the main magazines of Barham exploding and sinking, uh, the sinking taking place on the 25th of November. Wow. Uh, she, 862 officers and ratings were killed, including two who died of their wounds afterwards. Some 337 were rescued, including the Admiral, but he later died, uh, and the Australian destroyer Nizam, uh, rescued a further 150 men. The sinking was captured on film by a cameraman from Pathé News. That's that footage I was referring to mm-hmm. aboard HMS Valiant. 
So anyway, Duncan. So it wasn't a cigarette then if they were photographing. Uh, well, no. And what was interesting is it was it was said that the Admiralty, in order to um, uh, pre- prevent sort of public dismay, mm-hmm. they, 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 the the Admiralty decided that there was. Um, this, the, the sinking of Barham was to be covered up. However, the Times it, it carried news of disaster, uh, news of the sinking, on the Monday immediately following uh, the loss of Barham. Uh, it was kept quiet throughout this. It, it wasn't widely, uh, but letters of condolence had already been sent out to the families of the 860-plus people who had died, uh, asking them to keep it secret. Uh, so there were about... Well, this has... It says uh, if you if you estimate there are about ten ten people in each family, there's probably about I don't know eight or nine thousand people who probably knew, and if each one of them told one or two others, um, in, in Portsmouth at the time, um, and, and in fact the book, uh, which there have been several books written about uh, Helen Duncan, um, and she'd been prosecuted earlier. It must be said uh, for her fraudulent uh, medium activities so you know in and around Portsmouth she simply would have picked up on the gossip and you know made some problems so there was no validity to her uh not this this i the the media the spiritualists always made this great idea that she had predicted uh, before it became public knowledge the sinking of barham apparently one of the sailors from the barham had come forward um during the seance or during a seance with with helen duncan and and Essentially, announced the, the sinking of the ship, um, which, which in fact hadn't uh, hadn't taken place. She was actually arrested under the Vagrancy Act of eighteen twenty four. Uh, first of all, but then they found that a better section covering fraudulent spiritual activity was uh, contained within uh, the Witchcraft Act of seventeen thirty five. So they used that instead. So they, they uh, just wanted to get her then. Um. Well, and why not? She was she was charged with seven counts, two two of conspiracy to contravene the Witchcraft Act, two further ones of obtaining money by false pretenses, and three of public mischief. Uh, and this was not the first time the woman had been prosecuted. In fact, Harry Price had been at uh, had been an expert witness at an earlier trial of Duncan, um, where he had uh, demonstrated uh, her ability to regurgitate cheesecloth. Which she claimed to be ectoplasm. In fact, her own, um, I think, her own maidservant or her own assistant had come forward with um, some of the material um, that uh, uh, Duncan had used during seances. At an earlier trial, uh, when she was seized up in Scotland in nineteen in the early nineteen thirties, nineteen thirty two or nineteen thirty three, um, and in fact, Conan Doyle and Harry Price took. You know, opposing sides during that trial, and it was one of the occasions that, that um, Sir Arthur and Harry exchanged letters um, relating to the Duncan case. Because you know, Sir Arthur Harry had come forward a little earlier with um, a strong case for mediumship with Stella Cranshaw, Stella C, and his own trials with Stella, but then uh, which had impressed Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. But then, not long afterwards, um, there is there is Price slamming uh, Helen Duncan, hellish Nella, she was known, 
um, and, and exposing her for for what she was uh, effectively. And now, you know, we, there have been long a lot of calls for her to be uh, exonerated. Her family up in Scotland, um, surviving members of her family, have, have periodically called for her to be pardoned, to be exonerated. Uh, however, it, it, it's a fact that she was caught, um, and that the the, the basis of um, the media stories that she was in fact the last witch in Britain are completely false. She was she was prosecuted, as I said before, for spiritual. Let me just get the exact ones again, so I got them correct. Seven counts: conspiracy to contravene the Witchcraft Act, false obtaining money by false pretenses, and public mischief. So, not witchcraft at all, I'm afraid. Ah, okay. Uh, all right, so, in your, your opinion, she really wasn't a valid medium? Uh, I don't think there is any evidence to, to suggest that there is. Um, I mean, she was fairly famous, I mean... Oh, there have been lots of famous mediums, but it doesn't mean to say that they're any good at it. No, I'm just saying that <laughs> she was, I mean, even even I have heard her on this side of the pond, so, I mean, she, she had some namesake. I, I think most of her fame stems from the late the, from the from the um, the second of the the, the the convictions and this idea that uh, she was Britain's last witch. I mean, the, the, there's even been a song released about her. Um, um, it was a heavy metal, so it was some years ago. I, I remember having it on C on, on DVD. Um, it was called "The Last Witch" or something. Uh, no, 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 it's more recent than that. Um, much more, sorry, the little ones have just come in. Um, much more recent than I hear that. ghostly voices. Yeah, it's two little tiny ghosts that have just come back from the show. And th- there have been you know, regular campaigns uh, to have her posthumously pardoned of her witchcraft charges, of which, you know, of which she was never charged. Um, and they were rejected by the Scottish... They've been periodically rejected by the Scottish Parliament, in fact, three times, 2001, 2008, and 2012. Um, I think there's even a website somewhere um, where people can campaign for uh, her, her pardon. Hmm. Anyways, um, we do have a question from John in the chat room, and uh, John asks about you and I and investigating on Halloween. Yeah. And I know that you did that uh, event on, that was on the Saturday, right? That was Saturday night, uh, just past, yes. Yeah. Like, ha- Halloween, all Hallows Eve, Eve. <laughs> there you yeah. go. And yeah. I was, uh, of course, I was talking a little bit about being at the Red Light Sands Spirit Circle on Halloween. But you know what? I When I saw that question, and that's one thing that, we haven't done for the past few years you've been here is we haven't done an investigation just you and i uh, we've tried to many many times i think every every year when it when we plan the trip i think there's there is always the desire to just the two of us just we two go out and do an investigation but i think circumstances have always got in the way it's something i'm very desirous of i mean you've got some fantastic locations of some fantastically interesting places i would love Love the opportunity to spend some time without. I, I think that would be a great idea, and and I think I'll put that on a schedule for next year. Is you and I will go on a lockdown somewhere and 
There you go. Excellent. Well, I look forward to that. Hopefully, we can we can make it happen. I mean, it took us three years to make the movie, um, the Ghost Chronicles movie. Yes, that's uh, and for those who don't know what we're talking about, you can actually see this fabulous uh, video production uh, by uh, by us. By us. Productions. Uh, no, we were. I just filmed it mm-hmm. and cut it together. No. It's, uh, it was just a trip to, uh, and it reflects some of our experiences because whenever we have a trip, and each each time I'm over there, there's usually one day set aside for a trip. Uh, it, there's it never quite goes according to plan. No, so, never. So uh, I kind of AKA the Westford night, AKA the Westford night, um, and others, and others, and getting lost on the way to Salem, four yeah. hours. To, Four hours to get to Salem. Right. right. So for anybody who doesn't know me, they realize that I can get lost going on my own driveway. How sad is it? Well, when I pick up Steve from the airport, I ask him, which way do I go? <laughs> and of course, he is from the UK. And uh, yeah. Uh, so. Is it 93 North? Yeah, there you go. So, anyways, off <laughs> so I think we put the rest together of Miss Duncan. And uh, so don't feel so bad for her and. Uh, so, I mean, you don't really recommend that, that this pardon be given. Well, because I certainly don't, it's not, from, from what you're telling me. Well, it's not just Helen Duncan. There is, we see going through this sort of weird political shift, um, where anybody and everybody is owed a pardon or an apology for things that happened centuries ago, um, you know, using modern laws or modern, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we've just had, and in fact, uh, the, the most recent call for Helen Duncan to be pardoned is, is being made under what I said before, mm-hmm. called, it's been nicknamed the Turing Law, because Alan Turing, uh, the code breaker and inventor of the computer, the digital computer, uh, um, was chemically castrated and ultimately took his own life uh, after, uh, after uh, being convicted of um, sexual crimes because he was, he was homosexual um, and he was subsequently pardoned now you know people have felt well if he was pardoned then you know uh, there's been calls for um, black slaves to be uh, to be exonerated and pardoned and for um, there have been there have been pardons uh, called for and issued for um, uh, troops in the from the first world war who were uh, shot, uh, shot by firing squad, by British firing squad, for, for uh, uh, desertion, for uh, cowardice. You can't uh, change the past, so I, I really don't you see can't, the purpose. No, of it. That's the that's the point I was trying to get at. You can't change the past, and you can't judge the past with modern laws. You can't simply modern times. Or modern times. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we are we are we like to think of ourselves as enlightened. We like to think ourselves as educated, um, but we can't go back and, and change the past. And nor should we go back and rewrite history. You know, these right. things these things actually took place. They're part of what made our society what it is today. Exactly. And if you then go back and then start rewriting it, people will won't really understand how we got to the society we or the situation we're in today. So you can't just go back and willy nilly, you know this liberal idea of go back and willy-nilly put things right by rewriting the past. You know, and, we don't, and if you correct it, then how will we learn from it? 
Exactly. We've got to have uh, one of the, and if we bring this back actually to the paranormal slightly in terms of something as simple as, as the parasites website. Uh, lots of groups have websites uh, mm-hmm. and maintain websites. Now we made a conscious decision when we set up our, our first website, which must have been approximately 20 years ago, that we would leave everything. Uh, the reason it's, 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 it's topical to this conversation, but it's also relevant in terms of the time frame because we just spent, uh, or Dylan has just spent the last year redesigning the entire uh, website, which will go live shortly. Okay. Uh, but we have always made a conscious decision never to rewrite the past. So what, you know, investigation reports, which are full of, you know, misperceptions and strange ideas that we were working with, you know, 15, 20 years ago, we've left them there because in science, you have to show your workings out. And it, it, it's not just about the end result. It's not just about showing the, the, the answer. You, you get additional points and it's considered appropriate and correct to show the method by which you reached that conclusion. And with, with history, with web pages, with paranormal investigation, you know, if we, if we want to understand things, then, then we have to include everything. Right. You can't just rewrite it because it doesn't sit comfortably. You know, it's an interesting thing is, is, you know, of course, we've gone wicked PC here in the U.S. And uh, we have a, uh, a, uh, a baseball team that's in the World Series called the Cleveland Indians. And some people are uh, getting offended. They want them to change the name and so forth. But if you go back and learn the history of the club, uh, the club was originally owned by an Indian. And he was the one that named it. So, I mean... The people you're offending, well, that was the guy that named it. So, Well, we had this exact conversation while I was over there because I asked you about the, the use of the word Indian to describe Native Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, now, and then after you telling me that it's considered to be very politically incorrect, mm-hmm. I then switch on a, there's a, then a commercial for the American, Native American Foundation and they're calling it the Indian lands and Indian peoples and... I, I completely confused me because it's only correct for them to call themselves. Yeah, it's it's just strange the way we we pick on words and, and language, um, and some people then become offended by by words and language that were. And, and usually, it's not the person that that's actually being offended by it. It's usually some do-gooder that's saying, "Oh, that's terrible." Yeah, yeah. I mean, so anyway, so we're going to political we're, rant, but. Yeah, we're coming up to the break, but I want to make one quick comment. Is I just read that the the Queen is willing to take the states back <laughs> to solve to solve our problems. I'll explain that I think after the break. But okay. there is a, there is something in the Act of Independence. There you I go. I mean, that's really. I think. That's well, like, now you've got me intrigued, and I, I can't. We still got about thirty seconds. So, uh, well, uh, yeah, but I've got to look up the, the exact words in the Act of Independence. But okay. I remember it from a trip in two thousand. There you go. So, when we come back from the break, we'll learn all about w- whether we should be back under the Queen or not. I, yeah, I'm all for that. You know, Downton Abbey, okay. all that stuff. They're very quiet. What's that? Anyways. We are on the break now. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles right here on Tojinet, Pararex, Planet Paranormal, Astronet Radio, and wherever else great listening is done. We'll be right back with the following messages. 
listen, high atop of Nuns Hill in Groveland stands the Chapel of the Little Missionary Sisters of Charity in Vesey Memorial Park. This serene scene will be the location for one of the most extraordinary events ever to be held. For three days and two nights, these sacred grounds will host the realm of Dan Brown's best-selling novels, Angels and Demons, and The Da Vinci Code. As part of the event, like in the novels, you become a symbolologist and follow a set of clues on your own quest to find a missing relic. And there's so much more. Costume dining with the dead, a conclave, a da Vinci ghost hunt, red light seance, workshops and presentations, a papal death mask, a replica of the Shroud of Turin, and speakers like Keith Johnson from Ghost Hunters, Steve Parsons from the UK, psychic artist Nancy Smith, and Ron Kolick from Ghost Chronicles, and many others. Go to NewEnglandGhostProject.com, that's NEGhostProject.com, or CirclesOfWisdom.com for more information and to purchase tickets. Or call 978-455-6678. Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Two of Ghost Chronicles International, and uh, you're joining me, the gold standard in something or other, and New England's very own Van Helsing, both of which are both of whom are recovering from the stresses of Halloween. And we were left before the break with an intriguing question about can Britain bail out America in its time of need? And God knows America's bailed us out in our times of need. Oh, we um, never bring that up. We never even. Yeah. No, 1917, you know, you left us there for three years of struggle. 1942, another three years. So I think we'll probably wait three years until we come in. But I said before the break that under the Act of Independence, America always cites the 1776 Declaration of Independence as being the the moment from which the 
Republic begins, which in actual fact it's incorrect. Mm-hmm. Um, the Republic di- doesn't legally begin until the British Act of Independence grants America its independence. Uh, um, the Act of Independence is... Uh, anybody help me out with the Act of Independence? But anyway, it's much later than 1776. Nonetheless, there is a... We were always told there was a clause in it, and I can't, unfortunately, in the limited time of the ad break, I couldn't find a specific clause. But I, I seem to remember, and somebody will correct me, or I may even have just dreamt that entire thing, that if America cannot um, put together a working um, government for a year and a day, the control of the American government reverts back to the British crown. Oh, cool. Um, now, this was, this was first mentioned way back in 2000 during the election, of, uh, the Bush election, where uh, I was in Florida at the time, and I remember it being kicked around in the press. Uh, somebody discovered this, this hidden piece of legislation. Um, Wait a minute, you, I, believe the, you believe the American press? Um, well, it was confirmed by, by one of the British ones, but um, and there have been, they've been uh, various joking attempts, um, um, apparent, uh, apparently sort of jokey official proclamations. Uh, one here I did find from 2011. Um, in, in the light of your... This was... Uh, to all the citizens of the United States of America, from Her Sovereign Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, in light of your immediate failure to financially manage yourselves, and in also in recent years of your tendency to elect incompetent presidents, and yeah. therefore not be able to govern yourselves, we hereby give notice of the revocation of your independence, effective immediately. You should look up the word revocation in the Oxford English Dictionary. Her Majesty, there you go. Her Sovereign Majesty Queen Elizabeth will assume monarch, monarchical duties over all states, commonwealths and territories, except Utah, which she does not fancy. Your new yeah, no prime minister... Yeah. Congress and Senate will be disbanded. A questionnaire may be circulated sometime next year to determine if any of you uh, will actually, uh, if, if any of you have noticed. To aid in the transition to a British Crown dependency, the following rules are to be introduced with immediate effect. So be warned this could happen in December. The letter U will be reinstated in words such as colour, favour, labour and neighbour. Likewise, you, you will spell donut without skipping half the letters. And the suffix I-Z-E will be replaced by the suffix I-S-E. Generally, you will be expected to raise your vocabulary to acceptable standards. Using the same 27 27 words interspersed with filler noises, such as like and you know, is unacceptable and inefficient communications. There is no such thing as US English. We will let Microsoft know on your behalf. (laughs) July the 4th will no longer be celebrated as a holiday, and you will learn to resolve personal issues without using guns, lawyers, or therapists. Oh, that's no fun. You will no longer be able to own or carry anything more dangerous. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You will no longer be able to own or carry anything more dangerous than a vegetable peeler. (laughs) Although, (laughs) Although a permit will be required if you do wish to carry a vegetable peeler in public. Oh, there you go. All intersections will be replaced by roundabouts and you will start driving on the left-hand side of the road with immediate effect. At the same time, you will go metric uh, without the benefit of conversion tables. Both roundabouts and metrication will help you understand the British sense of humour. 
The USA will adopt UK prices on on petrol, which you have previously been calling incorrectly gasoline. This will now be priced at $12 per US gallon. Get used to it. You will learn to make real chips. Those things you call French fries are not real chips. And those things you insist on calling potato chips are probably called crisps. Real chips. This goes back to us in America, doesn't it? Real Mm. chips are thick-cut fried in animal fat and dressed not with catsup but with vinegar. Uh. <laughs> and so it goes on and on and on. Yeah, you know what? That's not going to happen because you just lost about half the country. I think we're going to build a wall towards the UK now. <laughs> you out of here. <laughs> so anyway, what was quite quite surprising is that the um, the Queen has so many powers, um, mm. still retaining powers. Including really strange ones like she has the the light the right to dissolve Parliament should she choose, mm-hmm. uh, ideally the bath of acid, uh, but she can, <laughs> she can she can unilaterally declare war. Really? Yeah, she, she doesn't actually need anybody to do it for her. Oh, we can't do that in the U.S. Uh, Our president the, can't. Uh, well, the Queen hasn't done it for a very long time, um, but apparently the Queen can should she decide to. Uh, do so, she can uh, declare war single-handedly. Wow, that's pretty cool. There we are. Anyway. So there you go. And, so uh, vegetable you peel is at the ready. Did you look into the uh, chat room on Skypes? And, uh, uh, let me scroll down. Yes, and the word of the week ah, is... You gotta, you gotta turn it to me, because that's my... Don't steal my line. Okay. Damn. Oh. It's like you get so greedy. You want the whole show. You don't let no, me. No, I was, I was re, I was trying to do all the Queen stuff, and mm. yeah. Okay, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Parsons and Ron Collick. It is brought to you by the word Satan. Satan. Yeah. Yeah. So, is that what like a shiny fabric? Uh, no. Um, it's actually a, a fat gentleman uh, who wears red a red suit and has a white beard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he comes down chimneys. Um, or any, any politician in Washington. Yeah. Actually, a Hebrew word means the enemy or adversary uh, from the Arabic word shaitan. Um, yes. Yeah, shaitan will hit the fan. Yeah. <laughs> meaning ashtray. Or, is that ashtray? Astray. Distant oh. or devil. And is a figure appearing in the texts of the Abramaic religions who bring evil and temptation known as the deceiver. So Satan is, um, we have words that are very similar, of course. We have San, Santa, which is, it isn't Father Christmas. Santa is actually the, the word for saint. Mm. Saint Nicholas, but we've abbreviated that to Santa. Santa Claus, Saint Nicholas. Um, wow. So, so there we are. So there you I mean, go. So, it's right. a, yeah, it's the, it was the, uh, was it the dyslexic devil worshipper who sold his soul to Santa? There you go. So anyways, uh, as promised, I have my uh, Halloween story here. So I'm going to now read my Halloween story. So get your hot cocoa and sit by the fire. I didn't say drink your hot cocoa or burn your hot cocoa. I don't know whatever the hell you did there. There was a lot of noise. So are we ready, Mr. Parsons? I'm chilled back and ready. Are you all snuggled in your little, whatever your little is? In In my onesie. There you go. Okay, so here we go. This is called The Haunted Mill. 
The following incident occurred on Halloween 2005. The only reason this is burned into my memory is because about six of us were witness to it. So it often comes up in conversation. Plus, we have good photos of proof. I thought you'd appreciate that. There is a legend nearby, deep in the dark woods of an old haunted mill. The story behind it is that a family of three used to live there. A father, a mother, and their four-year-old son. The mother apparently went crazy and drowned the son in the pond next to the house. When the father came home from work at the mill, he found his dead son. He attacked the mother, and the fight ended in the attic with the mother shooting the father in the head with a rifle. See, not a, not a vegetable peeler. <laughs> it was said that she hid his body beneath the floorboards, then hung herself up in the attic. Oh, there you go. That's a good little story, isn't it? Anyways, the legend suggests if you go in the attic and call the woman degrading names, oh, yeah, there you go, <laughs> she will appear to you and shoot you in the head. No. <laughs> so uh, being bored kids, as we were, my five friends and I piled into my little car and drove to the haunted mill. I had a digital camera. Oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> and an anxious, and was anxious to capture images of some ghost. I am a bit of a skeptic, of course you are. And I'm always finding excuses for so-called orbs and photographs. Constantly cons- insistent that these flex- flakes are nothing but dust, bugs, or drafts of light. Wow, I, I like that. Very scientific, isn't it? Mm. Anyways, the woods that the mill is settled in are always dark, so the moonlight hardly penetrates the trees when we arrived at the old stone house. We all crept out of the car and were startled to see two large black horses standing in front of the house. I quickly snapped a picture of them. Then we moved around trying to find a way in. To our dismay, the only opening was a small window through the basement. We had to get down on our hands and knees and crawl through. As I bent down, I felt someone push me from behind. I crowded out and looked around to see. I was the last I was the last one then. So I put my hands down to catch my balance, only to cry out again as my hand caught something thorny. I looked down to see nothing, nothing unusual. Upon examining my hand, everything looked fine. But it felt like barbed wire was sticking into my skin. Yet I could see nothing. After we all squeezed through the opening, we turned on our flashlights. We could have turned them on before, but it's all right. We <laughs> began to exploring the house. <laughs> the walls, to our surprise, were all drywalled. And we realized that the house wasn't as old as originally thought. Yeah, no kidding. Yet they were covered with graffiti, a lot of upside down crosses, and 666 signs. Ooh, which, did, which didn't do much to calm our nerves. I took pictures of every room. I wonder if they got any orbs. Uh, finally, we made our way up to 
to the attic. We all huddled together in the center and held hands. Nobody wanted to shout out curses, so I, being the skeptic and the bravest, decided to take on that role. I shouted some choice words into the darkness around us, and we held our breath, waiting and waiting. Nothing happened. We waited about 15 minutes with no apparition of a ghostly woman. Oh, alas. With a mixture of relief and disappointment, we turned around and headed down the stairs. Page two. Somehow, I was in last place again. So I turned. I thought he was the brave one. Why was he in last place? I'm the skeptic. Yeah, oh, he's a skeptic, too. That's right. Somehow I got in the last place again. So I turned and snapped one more picture of the empty attic. I swear to you, as my flash bounced off its walls, I saw a lone phenomenon, a female figure standing in the back corner. Terrified, because she's the bravest, I ran down the stairs <laughs> after my friends. No more incidents happened. Although, when we did get outside, the horses were nowhere to be found. I took one more picture of the house and one of the crumbling barn, one of the pawn, and one of the entire eerie little shack we found in the backyard. When we once again all piled, on my, piled into my little car and left the premise. When we got back to my friend's house, I looked at my camera. And connected it to the TV so we could sift through the pictures on a large screen. The results were pretty creepy. A picture of the horses, uh, a picture of the horses captured them standing and staring at us. Their eyes were red. Nothing to do with flash, I'm sure. <laughs> Where was I? Oh, oh yeah. Now I know that often uh, happens to people. And animals, when they take pictures, well, very good. But still, it was an unsettling look. The rooms in the house had millions of little orbs in them. I brushed it off, and we viewed the pictures of the barn, the pawn, and the little shack. None of those had any orbs. Yet the pictures of the house had tons of them. Weird. Really weird. The attic photo shows nothing unusual. Unfortunately, so nobody, nobody believed me when I said I saw something. But the last picture that someone had snapped of the side of the house was the creepiest. A few orbs appeared in the air. Oh, that's just creepy. But one orb in particular was an odd bluish purplish color with a distinct outline of a skull. I have the picture till this day, and everyone I've shown it to all agree that they are very, very strange. And the skull picture, as we dubbed it, was one of the most chilling I ever took. The weird thing is, the skull is is looming directly over the place where I had snagged my hand on something. In the following days, an odd rash appeared on my fingers, and eventually it went away. But the doctor said they had no idea what it was, and neither do I. Now, wasn't that just a creepy story? Uh, that was by Samantha. Um, Brought to you by uh, About.com. So, what do you think? Pretty I terrifying. Lost, I kind of lost interest. <laughs> <laughs> 
and, and not not just no, actually no. Can, can I can I just change that? I didn't lose interest. I lost the will to live. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Samantha. I, as a work of fiction, it leaves something to be desired, and as a work of you know, if you're trying to re, re, retell reality, there it needs even more. Be speaking of which, mm-hmm. um, because it's Halloween. Um, yes, you know, bizarre things appear on the television. Yeah, and the most bizarre. Yeah, we was, have Clinton over here. Yeah, we we have a very famous, um, a very famous uh, television site, uh, parapsychologist who is who is considerably influ- influential amongst the ghost hunting community. Really? Uh, appears on on a, on a national television program, basically saying that EMF meters can detect ghosts. Is it me? No, I was oh. I was I was completely flabbergasted when I saw this particular clip. Who was this um, dude? It was Dr. Kieran O'Keefe. He's and going. He, actually, he said, actually, yeah, on television, uh, he basically te- is telling uh, the... the, the Wait a minute, do we have the audio of that? Um, not, not to hand, no. Um, so, can, you think we could get I've that? I've seen it. I've can seen we, it. Can we get I, that for next show? I would I would love to see that. I, I, well, I want to make sure that at some point there wasn't another disclaimer, but the fact it was even said at all, um, it, it was it was mind-boggling because he hmm. is one of the most influential people I know in the British paranormal field. And so he's that, really, that, really that, come come back down to reality, well, and he no, realizes exactly, he realizes exactly. that EMF meters are true ghost detectors. So well, that ghost meter pro I gave you, you should hold on to it. Because oh, I, no, no, no! That was we had so much. That was that was the a tour de force on Saturday night, an absolute tour de force. The ghost meter pro. Um, yes. It 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 finally finally after how many years? Um, finally figured out how it works, and it works brilliantly, absolutely brilliantly. I'll tell you off air how good it really was, but suffice to say, we had um, what appeared to be, on the face of it, evidential communication from spirit and full interactivity of the questions. Really? Not with a broken radio or a broken flashlight? No, 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 no. The ghost meter pro outperformed them all. Absolutely outperformed them all because uh, the, I sat there for a week before. I'd never done it before with the Ghost Meter Pro. Previously, I just relied on reading the instructions uh, without actually no need to demonstrate it. Yeah, why should you, right? <laughs> no need to. But I finally sat down um, with a cup of coffee and a packet of biscuits mm-hmm. and figured out how it works. Excellent. Um, and although the instructions are vague. You think? Uh, <laughs> well, the instructions are incredibly fake. <laughs> there, there is a the machine does seemingly allow the user to give uh, astonishingly uh, accurate, accurate. Yep. responses. Um, I don't know if you've worked out the trick. Oh, it's not a trick. It's an actual communication device. I, I figured it out. I mean, I, I love speaking to uh, uh, ancient ghosts. You know, I just bring well, that on and flip that sit, on. It, well, if you sit down with a stopwatch, you can actually figure out the trick, what it's doing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, uh, so, so I'm not going to spoil it, but suffice it, it isn't actually speaking to the dead, but... You sure? Gosh, absolutely certain. Maybe uh, there just wasn't any dead people around, so it was just uh, doing its thing. It, it's 100% replicable. 
Oh, uh, yeah, but maybe it was just, you know, there weren't any dead people around, so it just amused itself. So, well, no, it's completely, and it's doing what it's designed to do. And in fact, others have discovered this as well. I'm not the only person to be using it, but I'm just the first person to have finally sat down and used it properly, or I've just finally sat down and started to use it properly. Um, okay, now, so we are, we are actually running out of time, and and I did, yeah. uh, I we'll know that you... the show. What's that? We'll just extend the show. Yeah, and I, I know you did that investigation at the tattoo power, so I, I've got to learn a little bit about that. I mean, I've never ever, in, in all fairness, uh, investigated a tattoo power. I mean, was it exciting? Uh, did what was the point of it? Uh, the point of it was the the uh, owner and staff, the tattoo art, uh, artists who work in the tattoo parlor, have had their own individual experiences that. Um, mm-hmm. In the building now, I, I I'm not privy to the full range of details, and there was a, there was a specific reason for that on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Um, but suffice to say that they had had a number of experiences, and they'd approached Anne, who is a client of the tattoo parlor, to ask if uh, something could be done, um, and then they made the suggestion of about maybe doing something by way of a Halloween event. Um, it's more of a publicity venture for the tattoo parlor but also because of the uh, you know, springing from the the uh, experiences of the staff there so mm-hmm. i think uh, we had my 20 people uh, rounded up to the nearest whole number in fact it was exactly 20 people plus mm-hmm. three from parasites so it was myself there was Anne and dylan who was filming the event and also helping out with uh, uh, a little bit of health and safety as, as required and we had uh, three demonstration areas on one floor. We had an electronic voice phenomenon. We called it the 21st century floor, where Anne was showing people EVP using an SB7 spirit box and mm. other, EVP, other EVP devices and allowing people to uh, measure. There was also uh, the opportunity there to measure things like electromagnetic fields. Awesome. And other things. Then there was an area um, which was this, the main staircase of the building, which was over three floors, where people were we they were using the the oldest methods of all the the back to basics, sitting, just relaxing, chilling in the dark, um, listening to the the waiting to see what would happen, and noting down their experiences uh, uh-huh. on, on notebook and paper. And then there was the the spiritualist floor, Ooh. the top floor. Oh, I love uh, that where I was Where I was situated, where we had a... Uh, really? ...for them to participate in the Ouija board. Harry Houdini um, was doing the Ouija board? We had the Ouija board. Uh, we also had the opportunity to work with um, mag lights that would, that would uh, go on and off. Uh, Ooh. Spirits would, uh, would, would turn the lights on and off to respond to questions. And there was also a ghost meter pro. Um, yeah. So... So people could use some of the methods that they'd seen on television. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then at the end of it, we we allowed them to um, discuss their experiences and to consider, uh, you know, the nature of their experiences and what those experiences meant to them. Meant okay. To them. So, did you find out who haunts the tattoo power? Um, as I said, I didn't deliberately didn't have much information, and um, and and is we we collected an awful lot of paperwork in, um, and I still don't know very much. I do know that there was some uh, some incident involving the stairs, um, but I don't know any of the details. Also, what's interesting is the staff themselves seem to be 
um, unaware of the building's history. Now, uh, the building is prominent in Chester, um, and it would be a relatively easy and straightforward thing for us to go and find um, previous occupants and, the, and any notable history of the building. But, it's, but the staff said that they hadn't, and that seemed to be a fairly genuine thing. It didn't seem to be anything that particularly occurred to them to go and do. Um, so I, th I understand Anne's going to have a, a trawl through the... So perhaps in a few weeks' time, we'll, we'll get Anne on the show and maybe she can report back anything that we've discovered mm. and she's discovered from going through the notes of the investigation. Um, okay. But, yeah, it's a first for us. Never done a tattoo parlour. Um, not quite as weird as um, the investigation we carried out at a funeral parlour with a deceased uh, still on the slab. On yeah. The is that probably the strangest one we've done? down the years. I don't know. I had my uh, pole dancer. That was pretty good. Yeah, I'm talking about our group, and we haven't done a pole dancer. We've, um, we have done several night Maybe clubs. we could swap, and I'll take your funeral power, and you can do my pole dancer. There we are. That'll be uh, one for... Th that's 2017. So, so anyways, uh, we've just about... We've got to run out of time here, so uh, we've got to go, believe it or not. And wow. uh, we, want, we want to thank our, our guests, nobody, and uh, nobody did a great job. And uh, Including <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah, including us. Until uh, next time, I guess it's going to say, uh, you know, uh, see you next Halloween. Yeah. Buena Vista. Yeah. Good night. God bless. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.